Welcome to New Polities Podcast on money. It's called Big Money, Fat Money, uh, P-H-A-T Money. And we are here today with um, DJ Money, who's here to tell you how to get rich or get hurt. Five easy steps, five easy steps. One, one, hate all your friends. Hate all, all your enemies, too. Hate hate your your family and uh, invest in Tesla. Oh, boy. And then there's a five in there. I don't know. There was only four. All right, we're just getting warmed up here, guys. Please be gracious to us. First <laughs> podcast of the morning. Jacob is... Um, how are you feeling, Jacob? You know what? I'm feeling kind of depressed. Oh, man. Yeah. It's going to be another one of these days. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And it's just because I've been thinking about what we've been talking about. And I don't like thinking about what we've been talking about because what we've talking about is not very nice. No, in fact, um, we may have at this point lost our audience. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just it's al- nice to have this conversation Thanks, with man. you. Yeah. yeah, alone. It's good to see you this morning. Yeah, yeah I guess we can get more intimate um, now that the audience is <laughs> gone. All right, so today though we're going to try and pick our spirits up. Yeah, we need a little Christmas cheer up in this place and you know what they used to call christmas no jubilees that's not true no it's not okay but we are here to talk about jubilees we're going to be jubilant together no matter how difficult it is and how much coffee i have to drink we are going to feel jubilation in this room heck yeah and our hope today is that you also have the spirit of jubilee settle on you like a christianized version of um a greek god that's our hope. Yeah. <laughs> so this is this is what we're going to do, because you've heard us talk about Jubilees a little bit. And if not, we'll go back and watch the one podcast that we did when we talked about just what the Jubilees were in, yeah. as described in Leviticus 25. We'll make sure that that's posted right before this one. Yeah. yeah. Drop it. There it is. Drop it. Yep. Right there mm-hmm. it is. Yep. Click below. Um, now that, as you heard in that podcast, now that you're back from listening to that podcast, that was a system that God set up in contradistinction to the pagans, as you heard. They were the ones that were not redistributing land. They were the ones that were not attempting to buoy up the free man, but rather to enslave him and shackle him. And yet, their system is so much better than ours today because at least they forgave some debts and you don't and another thing yeah the hierarchy is is god's method of debt forgiveness yeah pagan's method of debt forgiveness and then our lack of debt forgiveness right i mean (laughs) yeah exactly there's just a classic thing that you know the pre-christian society was better than the post-christian society because Mm -hmm. in order to deconstruct christianity you actually have to deconstruct nature Mm. if grace builds upon nature in some marvelous intimate way where grace is actually infused into nature and and growing out of it like like yeast and bread yeah then to be able to destroy your theology you got to destroy nature and you're not going to see nature as clearly wow yeah so that's what they did they destroyed nature and then they got rid of debt forgiveness as a result Oh man! I, but we're not sad today. <laughs> we're gonna talk about because just because the World Economic <laughs> Forum is proposing a solution of debt forgiveness that would enslave you to big business and big government forever, so that you have to sign a pact in blood that you never own anything ever again. There's hope for a better jubilee. Totally. I mean, World Economic Forum. Pff, forget it. 
Yeah. W E F. What the wef? No one even knows what that means. Nobody knows what they. No, I I I got some some criticism for saying things against the W E F. I'm not saying this along the lines of culture of vegano, pro-capitalist, pro-Trump stuff. And if anybody's ever listened to me speak before, let's you go know down that's that. Clearly not the case. Let's go down that rabbit hole. Are let's, we going to? I'll be the vegano guy. Okay, you do it. Trump is just an angel, and he's no. We're not doing it. Let's keep moving. <laughs> All right, we're feeling jubilant today, and we want to talk about debt forgiveness, right? Which is a mandate. Um, that comes right from the Old Testament. It doesn't go away in the New Testament, quite the contrary. It becomes part of the very essence of Christianity. When Jesus Christ tells us to pray, he asks us to, uh, we ask God to forgive our debts as we forgive others. Yeah. Incredible. It's something we pray every day, or we should be praying every day. God help me. I bet you pray it every De- day. No, I'm, man. Thanks for thinking that. I hope, <laughs> I hope that's true. So debt forgiveness is not just limited to um, kind of actual monetary debts, but it really becomes a way of life. A Christian is that kind of person who wakes up in the morning and says, I have to forgive debts. That's a different way of living. It's a wonderful way of living. Mm-hmm. It's a jubilant, literally jubilant way of living. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're here to discuss it a little more. Now, do you think that yeah. they're ready to jump into it? Or, or? Yeah, sure, okay. why not? I mean, it starts off, I just want to say, because that was just so beautiful. Oh. I just want to keep the beauty going. Jacob. You know that marvelous uh, parable that Jesus tells where the wealthy man comes and he says, all right, we gotta, I got to you know, get all my debtors here to give me what what is owed. Yep. And like that one guy owed like $5 billion in modern currency. Probably now it's like $8 billion in modern currency. Mm-hmm. And he forgives the debt. And then that same servant, who the same debtor who had owed all this much goes to a guy that owed him very, very little. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, I'm going to throw you in jail if you don't pay this yeah. back. You know, that is exactly where we are today with Christ who forgives us so freely um, and so gratuitously that we need to go around and ch- and and forgive debts as yeah, well. Yeah. And of course, as, as you've mentioned before, that this analogy to the forgiveness of sin yeah. only works if it is also applied to the forgiveness of money debts. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a good methodological point the historical sense of scripture. So yeah. like the really literal, like first like, of the four senses yeah, of scripture. Yeah. Learn this. It's, it, great. it's not the case that you ignore the historic sense. So you couldn't make an argument that says, Oh, Jesus says, forgive our debts. And he makes this a spiritual reality. So we mm-hmm. are now negating the literal reality with which he's the thing that he's using to have the metaphor. No, a medieval would, would jump through a beautiful stained glass window if he heard you say that. In fact, the historical is what grounds all subsequent senses of scripture. And so you have to say, because Christ uses real debt forgiveness as the, the foundation of his metaphor for a debt forgiveness that comes from above and which includes every evil act we've ever committed, um, then we have to take seriously the literal ground I mean, he, he instituted it literally in the in the Old Testament. Yeah, I'm mean, the same guy, actually. It's the same God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's a really, in it, yeah. Now, obviously, it's 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 terribly important to just realize that when Christ became incarnate, yeah, and fleshed, 
you didn't become in flesh to tell us ignore the flesh Mm-mm. or ignore the spirituality, yeah. you know, or yeah. ignore the, the physicality of this life. I mean, this is the way in which we commune with one another. It's part of the reason why death is so horrible right. is that all of a sudden the, the medium through which we commune with one another is, is, is stripped from us, taken from us. Yeah. Um, so anyways, jubilance, we're getting happy again. Well, I want to say this before we go on, not having, Debt forgiveness as a part of our culture is a theological problem primarily, and most people won't discuss it. They, they talk mm-hmm. of, talk it about it as a material problem, which it is obviously, um, but we just don't think there's any distinction really between the material and the theological, so it becomes difficult. But the state, the leadership, rule, governance, authority is always, whether it would be or not, an image of God, right? I mean, this is just what it means. That's why when God reveals himself, he reveals himself in the image of authorities that we are already looking at as father, right? As king. So when the state doesn't forgive debts, and not just the state, but when any authority strips debt forgiveness from part of its life, right? Mm -hmm. So that we don't understand it as belonging to it properly. um, Then we get a false image of God. Um, we get an image of God, uh, our, our human image of God becomes distorted. Um, we start to believe that God himself is stingy in his um, forgiveness. Yeah, and I think this really afflicts um, <clears throat> nations on, in, in a real level, that they don't have the lived kind of example of godliness yeah. um, that allows them to say, wow, God has forgiven me. Like we think we say it so often that, you know, it becomes kind of rote, like, oh yeah, we all know that God forgives us. But I don't know if we really do because those examples don't, they don't, they're not superfluous, right? You can't just be like, well, fathers don't forgive, authorities don't forgive, governors don't forgive, mm. mayors don't forgive, presidents don't forgive, banks yeah, don't forgive. Bones. I hear that a lot. People kind of telling them or saying in, in moments of kind of existential crisis or whatever, that I don't really believe that God loves me or God mm-hmm. forgives me. And it's because they've never seen that type of authority stooping down to embrace. Right. And know? to really actually obliterate debt yeah. instead of doing some kind of technique by which debt remains. Um, but there's like a shifting of, of money, <laughs> which right. is sort of what, what we usually do, like when yeah. Biden says that he'll give the banks a bailout for student debt. Oh my gosh. We just, it's, yeah. It's but we want so Joseph Biden to fulfill his destiny as being an image of God. Um, and, you know, maybe if he listens to this, then he can become jubilant and in doing so, and show us Christ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, this for you. C'est possible. <laughs> so, but right. we want to say that we don't even have to depend upon other people for having our personal jubilees. That's right. It starts here. It doesn't start with the World Economic Forum. It starts Forget in your it. hometown. You're doing the in Biden. Your Stop home. it. You're doing the Biden thing again. I'm doing, well, we're talking about it. I know, but you need to kind of casually look away from the camera. It's way more effective. Okay, you don't do things casually. Like, <laughs> period. All right, go ahead. Well, the idea is that, you know, we've, we've talked about... You know, when when your friend is in need, you give him a loan. And then, here's the personal jubilee. This is where it kicks in. You forgive the loan. Mm-hmm. He doesn't pay you back. Yeah. 
So we want to talk about how we can institute this more in our personal lives. Like, how can you actually live out Jubilees more and more? And obviously, that's that's kind of a, an easy one. It might be hard to conceptualize. People don't really ask you for money. Maybe you're not the type of person where people would be like thinking that you would like give them money. That needs a change too. Um, yeah, just move. <laughs> move. Move to a smaller town. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, absolutely. Think you have money. <laughs> uh and then just and then just forgive debts but there also needs to be a way in which there's people get liturgically formed yeah. into realizing the great gift of debt forgiveness yeah. seeing it more often um forgiving debts and being forgiven of debts yeah in a real way. And, and and you know and mark had a great idea of how to institute did this. i did i shoot I don't uh, what <laughs> I had, okay. So this is the idea. Yeah. <laughs> that Mark had. Mark lives across the street. Oh, I know it. Okay. Okay. All right. This is my idea. <laughs> I had a great idea. It's pretty simple. Now, this is a bit silly, but it goes to what Jacob says. It's a, it's a way of actually having debt forgiveness as a conscious possibility, right? So it's kind of a building block that would enable furthermore, say, substantial debt forgiveness to really... Um, happen. So the idea is pretty simple. It's kind of a, it's kind of propaganda as well. It kind of just gets the message out there. Um, uh, yeah, I live across the street from uh, an empty lot. What I'd like to do is buy the lot somehow and turn it into a, a park. Okay. A really beautiful park. Um, I want a conservatory in there with, with trees that are growing lemons and mangoes in the winter. I don't know if that's possible, but that's what I want. Wow. Uh, I would like yeah. a little pond that's magic with koi course. and a little bridge like in Monet's paintings. I would like um, a, a tall wooden play structure that Montessori children can, can learn on, <laughs> work on. Um, that's what I want. But then what I want to do is I want to put a fence around it with a little gate. The gate's always open and there's a sign next to the gate and it says, cost of entry, $30. Okay. Now, I never... Why $30? I don't know. Because it's just enough where it'd be like, that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. That's the reason. Now, there is no enforcement, right? It's, it's, it's my park, technically. <laughs> it's God's park. But um, when people walk through, um, they accrue a debt. Mm. Now, like most debt... What's fascinating about it is that nothing really happens. Nothing really changes. And this is this in itself, I think, is an important recognition because um, we don't deal with wealth anymore. We don't deal with actually giving things and receiving things that matter. We don't deal with productive property. We don't even, we rarely even deal with cash, much less precious metals or anything backed by precious metals or anything like that. We deal in fiat currency, as Jacob is teaching me to say. Um, and we deal with like these digital debts, right? That just like suddenly I am in debt. What does that mean? Well, I feel obligation and technically uh, the power of the state could ultimately be utilized against me um, and no one would bat an eye, right? I mean, that's what debt is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you let people accrue debt. You know, it's just another place where they do that. Um, you do it all the time. You do it by living essentially by getting taxed then you have a jubilee. So you let those debts accrue and you never, you know, you don't need to charge anyone. You don't need to coerce anyone. You don't even need to remind anyone that there's a debt. You just kind of keep the sign on the door. And then once a year, 
It could be once every seven years, but I think we need like catechesis. Need yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the, we got a lot to catch up on. <laughs> I was thinking six months. Yeah, sure. We have a big festival in the park. It's a huge party um, where we, we have a list of the debtors. Okay. Um, I don't actually know who they are, so it will be very theatrical uh, <laughs> because I'm not checking in on who goes through the gate to use the park. <laughs> and a lot of this will just be my friends too, I presume, like at first. So then we have the list and then we have a big festival. We bring a band out, a lot of really good music, um, bring out a hot dog stand. We got a pretty good hot dog guy here. Oh, we have an amazing um, hot dog guy. We drink, we dance, we become very merry, jubilant. Whoa. And once we're really jubilant, we set the list on fire. Set the list on fire. We burn it. Um, and then we all sing a hymn, I think. Uh, maybe um, praise God to whom all blessings flow. I think mm. uh, From whom all blessings flow. I think that would be a really good hymn mm. to sing. Okay. Yeah, I get it. I'm a romantic. And frankly, that's fine. <laughs> Just look at your scarf. Yeah. I, I, this is my money scarf. This is the proof that the podcast is working. Just getting wealthier and wealthier. Um me down <laughs> so what you have there is silly but it is a sacramental reminder that debts can be forgiven so the point is pedagogical catechetical um, i want people to experience the forgiveness of debts right even if un un undoubtedly they'll kind of know already that the forgiveness is coming but this is the point a, a practiced jubilee is really interesting like it means that everyone in the society that practices a jubilee lives under the consciousness of their debts being forgiven and of uh, you know what you're owed ultimately you have to forgive which means that all of your actions will change right because mm -hmm. you can't say okay i'm going to amass a whole bunch of land beyond my ability to use it mm -hmm. because it's it's gonna go back i mean this is not our system i'm just saying within the israelite system like mm -hmm. You can't simply say, okay, the way I'm going to make my livelihood is by putting as many pe people into the service sector as possible. Um, they're going to be working for me and I'm going to be extracting the surplus value of their labor. Mm -hmm. Like you can try to do that for a time and then your system will come crumbling down around you and you will have nothing. A and you'll be worse than if you had spent that time and energy actually trying to produce prop, like have productive property and produce for your own family. Um, and so that my point yeah. is like having a lived experience of debt forgiveness should be the kind of thing that gives us a consciousness of how to live in this world. Now, this is a really small way and admittedly kind of flamboyant, but um, that's what I want to do. I like that to idea. have a personal Jubilee. Yeah. I like the idea a lot. I would, you know, the one, th another thing that I was thinking of, and this is, this is not romantic and it's, perhaps more eccentric than you would say flamboyant okay but they're very close yeah i don't even sure like how you'd really flamboyant is more about just like feathers it's the way you move your wrists <laughs> actually eccentric versus flamboyant so That's what's your right. idea what's yeah your so the idea, idea is okay so if you want to found your own bank you need about three million dollars to do so okay tracking so far okay it's a credit union <laughs> what is a credit union a credit union is a group of people that put their money okay. in a pot yep. so that they can be able to give loans out to the fellow people in their community nice. so that they could buy unproductive property like uh george bailey like george bailey yeah yeah so here's the thing though this is this is this is sneaky 
And this might be like actually participating in sin in some way. So it's juicy. I'm going to, I'll try and check you. If yeah, check me on this. Today, because of our crazy laws, we have the ability to participate in fractional reserve banking, which means that you get to multiply your money out. Okay. So for every dollar that you have in the bank, you get to say you have eight more. Uh, do you do you actually have eight more? No. It's a lie. Weird. But you're allowed to do that. Why would you do that? So that you can loan money out at interest to get more money back. Gotcha. So we would just wouldn't do the interest part. Sure. We would just loan money out. But, but you can but, loan out money you don't have? Yeah. <laughs> Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> no, no, no. This is what every bank does. Well, why is it so hard to get a loan then? Just say there's more money and give it to me. Well, they want to make sure that they're it's productive for them. If ah. it's un, even if it's unproductive for you. I see. Okay, so keep and going. And it's not that hard to get a loan. I mean, especially this is like the yeah. one of the big problems in 2008 crisis is that they were just giving loans out left and right mm -hmm. because there was more kind of financial magic that they were doing in the background that yeah. we can talk about sometime, which is really interesting. And I like it a lot. But they're going to hell for doing it. Right. Um, this idea, though, is that if you have $3 million to found your own credit union, you automatically have $24 million. Did you guys know this? Did Does everyone know this? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. They do now. So, okay. And actually, I think that rate has gone up since the... This this most recent stimulus. So it's package. a gamble in so the sense of like it might actually be twenty seven. But but isn't 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 the whole system based? I mean, like I, I am I am totally just learning this. But mm -hmm. wouldn't it be based on the assumption that you're going to get all of that pretend money to become real money by charging interest? Yeah, well, no, no, not actually. So what makes the pretend money real? That we think that it's real. Okay, so it's real money. In, yeah, it's categorized differently. <laughs> so there's basic money and broad money. Oh, man. Yeah, there's okay. like a whole chart thing. Okay. Yeah, that All we right. can talk about. All right, but, but maybe that's not the point. Okay, so it's the, not point, the point. point is that with a measly sum of $3 million, no, you actually, can... No, let actually, me, let me just say this really, yeah. really carefully. This is not complicated. This is not hard. If you think this is mysterious and difficult and, and just so complex that it's over your head, it's not. Just think about it like this. Give a dollar to the bank, and then they just say they have more than that dollar. It's not mysterious. It's not magic. Okay, I we think, just think that it is because yes. we all worship money. No, I maybe. I, alternative, more jubilant interpretation is that <laughs> we think it's magic because when you hear something so patently unjust, or at least yes. patently not in accord with how reality works, you presume that you're missing something rather than it actually being Oh, you're being not missing anything. Stupid. You are a smart individual. Okay. See, yeah. But I think it's more of a humility. This is, this is a positive okay. take today. I like it. Like, I like pe it. People generally yeah, are happiness. humble. So someone comes and says, did you know that when you give a dollar to a bank, they just pretend they have more money than they do, and you think it must be something I'm missing because that sounds stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you're not missing anything. It really was based upon this okay. early principle, this early idea that when banks were holding gold, Yeah. People were not coming back for their gold all that often. They mm -hmm. literally were just using the bank as a storehouse. Yeah. And so the banks were able to, you know, give lend out some of that gold that people weren't using and they figured out what was the right proportions of giving it out versus the time when the 
right. true owners were coming back I for see. it. And so they were able to say they had more physical gold than right. they do. Now that there's like money is not physical really, except for, except for the dollars and bills that we have. Yeah. It's a little bit easier, especially since you can just print more. Right. But okay. That's okay. a digression. Point is, if you put three million, you have actually twenty four million. Yeah. Maybe twenty seven million. I haven't looked up if they actually change they change it for bigger banks. I'm not sure about smaller banks. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, you you have some say you have twenty seven million okay. all of a sudden. Yep. That's cool. At that point, you can just use that money to uh to pay off your uh your friends' houses. Mm-hmm. You know, and some of them, you know, they might pay you back, you know, it's very slowly, non-interest rates. Others of them might just fail. And then you just say to them, don't worry about it. And okay. so you, that $3 million will go away with because right. that money has to go somewhere. Like the th- actual $3 million that yeah. you go is going somewhere. Wow. But because you've multiplied it out yeah it's such a large rate more people are going to have homes yeah and you in the in the bank will fail yes if if not enough people are bringing more money back to it right Um, so this would okay so sorry let's just walk through this slowly yeah yeah, dense so you've got 24 27 million magic dollars yep and i come with my with my loan my mortgage and like that i already owe uh, let's make it easier. Okay. You want to buy a house. I want to buy a house. Okay. So I come to you, this bank for a loan. Yeah. Okay. And they give me a loan. Mm-hmm. I, thank you. Um, I buy the house and now the difference is I am literally paying the bank back. I am not paying interest. Yeah. We'll talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit more in the next podcast yes. about interest rates, but yeah, okay. pretty much. Okay. So already that rocks. Yeah. And then if I am not able mm-hmm. to pay the bank back mm-hmm. um it's forgiven yeah in wow that'd be nice yeah well be. but you know you know what 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 about like wouldn't people just want to take advantage of this like wouldn't people um go to you for loans with no intention of ever paying it back yeah i mean this is one of the things that people often you know say when they're reading leviticus is like well if these are just going to be forgiven yeah. then won't people actually just take advantage of the loaners or one of the people who give loans not actually give loans right anymore and and that's a, there's a couple different things to think about here is that loans really need to go to the people who need them mm-hmm. first of all second this is part of the reason why jubilees were regular mm-hmm. in in ancient israel is that you could actually make decisions of loans based upon how close to the jubilee you were sure so it was really based upon need, and it was really based upon what you could do with the property you were giving yeah. uh, or getting yeah. uh, until those 50 years are up. Sure. So God even says that you are paying for the use yeah. of the land, yeah. and that is recorded from the time based upon the last jubilee. So, so... So the answer yeah. to to your yeah. question in this situation is, um, well, this is a very f- expensive and, and another kind of eccentric way of catechizing people and take debt forgiveness. But two, it also really needs to be in a community of trust. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, like where, where people are saying, hey, we really want this bank to work because it exactly. will do good things. Right, because that, that, that was going to say, yeah. just, like, just, to, just to jump on your idea as if I understand it all, um, <laughs> the... 
the kind of presumption when we take loans today is that the people that give us the money are doing no good. They're in fact evil. Um, they don't care about us in particular. Mm -hmm. And if they were to kill us for getting their money back, they would mm -hmm. rather than forgive debts. Um, and we're generally, I think, right in those assumptions. And so our relationship to the banks, um, or just people that loan, mm -hmm. um, is, is one of raw animosity, <laughs> right? Yeah. which is basically what you see, I think. Um, ask anyone about how they feel about their student loan provider. <laughs> yeah. um, but what you're saying is like, if it was limited, like extremely limited in scope, like it is this community that's being served and not mm -hmm. another. Um, and if the application process was such that it was orientated to those with the greatest need, mm -hmm. right? And there was an understanding, a communal understanding that if we do pay back our loans, right, then the community as a whole will benefit more from this bank doing what it does than if we don't pay back our loans. Yeah. So absolutely. it actually thrives on a recognition of the common good by its participants. And it wouldn't, if people just pursued their self-interest, if like they weren't converted, mm -hmm. it wouldn't do evil. It would do good. It would just do much less good than it could mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that's three million, that's $27 million that's being um, translated into real ownership and saving right. people from um, slavery to power that isn't involved. It doesn't care like in a real sense about their particular community. Right. Like right. You, you get, you get rid of those kinds of loans. Right. Absolutely. Um, so there's a good there, but, yeah. but the pitch constantly, the catechesis is how much more good could we do if you obey what the Bible says, which is pay back your loans. Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing is that when, when whoever would give the $3 million for this new venture, they would not, ex like it's, it's, it's a productive um, investment yeah. and not an unproductive investment. So think about the difference between starting a new business versus buying a house. Mm. It's like, you're going to buy a house with a loan or with a whole bunch of money. And then it's, you might not pay it off. The bank might seize it from you. But in any case, even if you do succeed and you do pay it off, then it's just going to cost you more money because yeah. it's a house. Yeah. So you're going to have to fix it all the time. Yeah. Uh, whereas with the, uh, with a productive loan, with starting a business, say you want to start, yeah. you know, Icy's ice cream shop or something yeah. like that. At that point, if it fails, it just fails. You don't own owe anybody anything yeah. at that point. And if it succeeds, then you get money, not lose more money. Yeah. So that's kind of a, an important difference that that the scriptures itself makes, gotcha. and even the medievals itself makes on the difference between what you can charge interest on. I see. Um, but for this is this venture this is starting a new bank venture it's kind of funny because it involves both because it itself is a productive like a potentially productive um business where you would have somebody who would have a job yeah in managing this bank yeah on the others and it gets i wish we had done the interest conversation before this because i could refer to that but we could uh we'll we'll, we'll do things <laughs> You thought the sovereign was the only one that could control space and time through his magic. We just changed it, and you just went back and you listened to our interest rate podcast, and now this up. makes so much sense because you have the ability to charge just enough where you keep the bank solvent. Yeah. Then it is itself a productive loan. 
Yeah. Or is, is it or it's a productive venture? Excuse me, not a productive loan, and it gives out unproductive loans yeah. for people to buy homes. Yeah. Um, we could have a venture firm version of this, which would be cool, but that would be a completely different example. And uh, anyways, this is getting too complicated, but all, all to say that this, this would be a manner in which you would actually not only be able to get homes and people in homes, yeah. but actually it would be changing the economic temperature of a community by virtue of changing their disposition towards money making. Yeah. No, I, I think that's right. I mean, I think I think if you lived in a community which knew itself as one of debt forgiveness, mm -hmm. lack of usury, mm -hmm. a drive towards ownership mm -hmm. and gift, you would be different. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, look, like one of the things that <clears throat> people often critique any kind of post-liberal vision is they say things like, okay, you want this Christian state, you want this Christian society, you want this like, um, it's kind of idyllic. What if there's someone that um, doesn't, doesn't want it living with you? Mm -hmm. And the, it's a tough question because what liberalism is predicated on is the idea that there is no need for genuine community or virtue, that we can all pursue our individual self-interest and then by the state having a monopoly on violence, um, we're kept from killing each other yeah. in this process. It's not what Christianity teaches. So when we say things like this requires a community, right, that's orientated towards its common good, we're not like, we're, we're saying that it is not sin-proof. In fact, it is precisely the air of liberalism to say there are spaces that are sin-proof, that you can't have greed, but you know, through the market, uh, that greed won't actually hurt people. You can have vanity and ambition and pride, but through the neutral political sort of operations, all of these things will be held in checks and balances, and what you will get is good governance. Yeah, and it's a, John Maynard Keynes yeah. says this at one point. He says, for you know, for the last century, we've been pretending that uh, foul is fair and fair is foul. Uh, because fair is unhelpful and 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 foul is productive, mm. and so we need to worship these gods for another century and pretend and continue this lie. He, he's one of these few honest guys that actually yeah. says that wow. that, it, that the traditional morality is being inverted. Right. right. Um, I wanted one other idea. So we've kind of talked about like okay. a small neighborhood idea. We've talked about like a city idea. Yeah. But of course. Um, the understanding of a, a politics begins in the home. Yeah, the family. And you find, and it's kind of interesting, is that within the, some scholastics, you find that they say, well, politics really only begins when you have multiple families collaborating together. Yeah. And what you have in the home is just an economy. Yeah. Um, it's household management. Yeah. Which means that jubilees can start in the home. Right. And maybe that's the first way that we habituate ourselves towards forgiving debts and then expanding from there yeah. because because you need to have families that know debt forgiveness yeah. deep in their bones have experienced yeah. lived it and trust it yeah. before they trust it outside of those homes absolutely and then the neighborhood thing could work and then the city thing could work yeah so what's an idea of forgiving debts i mean one one of the this is sort of a, a ch it's not a cheap 
answer. It's just, it's not going to sound very creative. It's just that we are already supposed to forgive debts. We're supposed to forgive each other, our, our sins against each other. Um, and I think that that's the fundamental place where you start. Like your kids, I mean, my kid is very small. I don't know if he's committed an actual sin yet. Um, <laughs> but theoretically, <laughs> he probably will sin. I mean, I'm not saying for sure. I, I give him a 90% chance, okay. but there's this, you know. Um, that forgiveness, right, shouldn't, it should never be presumed that people know when they're forgiven. So, mm. I mean, I've seen this in, mm. in parents sometimes where, um, and not just parents, friendships in, um, in sibling uh, relationships where, forgiveness isn't necessarily spoken um, because yeah. what we do, because we are depraved, um, is that we use the opportunity of, of saying, I forgive you as a way of saying you sinned. Yeah. You see this all the time where it's like, like someone pisses you off and you're just like, I just want to say that like, I forgive you for what you just did to me. <laughs> and like, it's totally, it's not forgiveness. Yeah. Right. It's like an attack. Mm -hmm. It's like, I just want to say that, like, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so it's hard, right? It's hard to say that. But I think if you start at a, at a young, with a young age, you can take away that kind of cynicism that comes with trying to like, just jump on it. Um, which is to say like when there is sin in the family um, that you tell your children that, you know, once they've understood that they've done wrong and they've repented and there's penance and it's, you know, the domestic church is all at work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you really get down on your knees and say, I forgive you um, and, and make it an event, make it something that the child is educated to know that forgiveness comes from above that they expect it and that it's jubilant. And this is the thing. This is how you get rid of that kind of like, I forgive you as a furthering of the punishment, right? Yeah. That it immediately is, it's a cause of celebration within your family. So it's like you hug your kid and you, and you tell them how much you love them. You immediately follow uh, the forgiveness with signs of the renewed and restored relationship, right? Yeah. Like immediately go do something fun together or like, so that it doesn't become this, like, I forgive you, you little jerk, you know? Um, so like really basic stuff, you know, super hobbity. Um, yeah. But, but I think absolutely crucial. Good way of absolutely. If you can't forgive that. your kids or, you know, and you're never going to be able to forgive um, the guy you loan 20 bucks to. And eventually that's your kid too. So <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you know yeah. what actually does that pretty well? So, you know, Andrew Jones, like he's actually, he's a pretty smart guy. He's actually like a really good guy too. So yeah. People don't know that. Like he's actually a really, really amazing guy. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, he'll, he'll actually go to his kids. I've seen him do it so many times actually. And he'll genuinely get down and ask for their forgiveness too. Yeah. So that they, they are then practicing debt mm -hmm. forgiveness mm -hmm. in a way where it's not just always a kid messing up and, and yes. such. And yeah. then it's hug, rejoice so that they practice their practice, their habituation is towards, you know, you know, unity with their, with their parents instead yeah. of like, I hate you, dad, you know, and because it's always to see the humility of, of the, of the higher coming to the lower and in, in those moments are, um, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's super profound. Tear jerking. Yeah, <laughs> no, I've seen it too. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so that that's one thing. And then and then I was also thinking like there is whenever you really decide to live in one place, everyone knows this. I mean, it's the joke about small towns is that you know they're just like bristling with hidden resentments and animosities from thirty years back, and and you know nothing's ever forgotten ever. Um, and I think there's a truth to that because you can't just um, when you're in a smaller community or when you have some kind of intentional community, you can't just walk away from the effects of sin. Like you can't just let it sort of dissolve into so many people that you never see the person that you've offended or that's offended you. Mm. And you also can't. Um, yeah, great point. Right. And, and you also have to work with people, right? It's sort of like akin to a workplace. It's like if you harbor resentment and grudges, which seems to be the backbone of the American workplace, um, <laughs> um, then you still have to deal with that person and it it is constantly in your face, right? That there is a debt that needs to be repaid or forgiven. Um, and so I think that having, extending that jubilee, that jubilant sense to um, those who've offended us by inviting them to feasts, I think it's really important. And I think you already see this. So a lot of this stuff sounds like we're like reinventing humanity. This already happens. It happens, I dare say, even naturally. Um, and so I'm not saying like this is some novel thing. Like you, we've all experienced this where it's like you're pissed off at whatever relative and then Christmas comes and you're like, you know, you're just, you are given the grace to just take the guy aside and be like, look, man. I love you. I'm happy that you're part of my family. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry for all that mm -hmm. stuff or I, I, I'm over all that or, you know, how, mm -hmm. whatever like muttery American way you need to say the words, I forgive you. Like, <laughs> um, and, I, but I think being intentional about that as a family, um, again, as long as you av like avoid that kind of weird Nietzschean will to power stuff whereby dinner is a power play and forgiveness is a power play. And, and yeah, I hate that. It's, it's easier to trip into that. I think than people think, yeah. um, and, but you tell your children and your family and, you know, I, I don't presume that your family is just you and your children, like whoever's involved in the household, mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you make it clear what you're doing. Yeah. Um, like, like whether it's, we are inviting people who we owe or we are inviting people who owe us, yeah. right. Who've offended us, um, or maybe who actually owe us. Like <laughs> that's also the case. Um, and then celebrate their existence. I mean, something my mom would always say to me is like, if you ever hate someone, like if you ever dislike someone, you have to ask yourself the question, like, do I want them to be in hell? Because that's sort of what the Christian has to kind of face up to in the end is like, is my grudge, is my lack of forgiveness unto eternity? Mm -hmm. And if it is unto eternity, what does it mean? It means I don't want to see you in heaven. And yeah. then there's only other one other place for them, right? Yep. Which is, you know, again, this is like actually pr probably a pretty good way of describing it to kids. Like you are going to feast <laughs> with all these people, right? So do it now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just just have a big dinner party, have like three or four courses, um, get a lot of um, uh, drink is important, I think, in debt forgiveness. Especially for kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah. Do it regularly and do it intentionally. I think when you're when you find a, even a small community of believers, I think um, the meal is elevated to its proper status, its naturally proper status as um, Thanksgiving, 
and to have uh, to have forgiveness within the Eucharist is of course already our liturgical structure: confession and then communion. And it should be, I think, the same in the domestic church. There is the forgiveness of sins. There's the feasting. Yeah, yeah. So those are those are two, three, three, four. four. Uh, Four personal jubilee things. I think these are good. Let's let's just end with a couple more practical ones. Um, like just actually forgive debts, which you sort of mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that also requires that give you loans. Give loans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, um, loan people money. Uh, try to try to like it's awkward, right? No one wants to ask for money, generally speaking, um, unless they're already really sure they're going to get it, or if it's an anonymous institution like a bank. But when you hear people in need, and if you have anything, twenty yeah. bucks, say, "Oh, I'll loan you twenty bucks," and then forgive them. Yeah. Right? Try and try to actually intentionally work so that moments of forgiveness are yeah. possible. Offer money often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is different yeah. than saying give alms, right? Because because while that is important, you should. It's not. It's not simply. An, it's not enough to simply have those penitential moments where you say. All right, I'm going to give you money with no expectation of return. Yeah. What we're trying to build up is a community that actually understands forgiveness as part of its life. And so when you give, expect in return. Like yeah. let that be the relationship established yeah. and then forgive it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Take time. Take time doing that. And and yeah, there's there's I think I heard quite a bit is that it's always awkward. You don't want to bring money in between friendships yeah. and such. Sure. Oh man, I the reason why is because you can't actually quantify these things like and 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 people often think that they deserve more or that they're worth more and they they put their worth in a number which is just literally impossible to do it's kind of getting back to that commensurating incommensurables yeah. thing and and then you you start to squabble over it and you really find that your true self-worth is in your religion which is monetary so this is actually also a good rehab. And I had to go through this actually, you know, first time I started, you know, money is just being able to say, okay, this is really doesn't matter. Like this is not my religion. The systems of the world, you know, won't break down like the true systems of the world, the way that God created natural order, like won't, won't break down. If, if that money doesn't get returned, yeah. it's okay. You know? And, and it was just like, it was so funny. It was like, I had to, like talk to myself like I was a child like it's okay don't worry about it like there's something else here you're converting and and that's uh and it got the freedom with that yeah. the real freedom with that and now it's just we might have you know money between friends and it is no problem at all because it, we are operating according to the order of love mm -hmm. rather than the order of money mm -hmm. um and we know that it is not money that will help us in the end, but our friends. Yeah. And that, and that yeah. yes, absolutely. And that, and that leads to another question. Um, when you ask for money, do like an Israelite do and ask your friends and family. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Don't, ask your friends and family first. Just don't go to the pagans, man. The the pagans, they suck. They kind of do in this regard. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're destined to be a part of the church, but insofar as they're not yet, they tend to say things like, give me back my money. And, yeah, that's just it. Harshly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So, like, yeah. if you if you have the opportunity to and ask, with extra and uh, you know yeah. and that, yeah, that was also something kind of interesting. Like one guy was like, "Yeah, oh, I mean, I think yeah, yeah, yeah one yeah. guy was doing this to you for a while. I was yeah. like, I'm gonna give you, 
you know, I'll promise I'll give you this amount more. Yeah. On, and on I had to it. tell him, I had to tell him at some point, I was like, look, uh, because because the thing was he he's actually like it's not a gimmick of like getting money he pays he always pays me back yeah yeah, yeah. whenever I loan him money yeah. and I told him look I just had to be really clear like I don't want to sin <laughs> if I give you money and then charge you interest for it it's a sin yeah if I sin I will go to hell so I need you to stop and promising me you cost him tens out to own him yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, please, uh, you know, because he he is Catholic, so he had a he had a sense of this. I was like, please, like uh, help me, yeah, by not asking, not by not offering to give interest, yeah. Um, and I mean, he thought about this a little bit, and he's like, um, he had some joke, I forget, but I mean, he he's interesting because he would he'll borrow from banks, and then he'll borrow on the street. Um, and if he borrows on the street, he knows that that's where the real heavy interest comes. Yeah. Because it's followed up with threats of violence pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, whereas the state takes a while to operate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the nice thing about the Leviathan is it's sort of big. Yeah. Yeah. Juggernaut. Of sorts. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, so, so yeah, so, so it's not just about forgiving that. It's also about asking for money asking for loans from people who will forgive your debts mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and who have that. I mean, we talked about this with the Jubilees, like God said, go to your family first um, because there's actually a will to forgive. Yeah. Um, and if there's not, and paganism has sort of infested the family, um, look to other communities, look to intentional communities, um, look to your parish friends. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's tough because we, we speak in a way again, like this doesn't happen in a vacuum, you know, like you very well may be and probably are in a situation where there aren't real Christians around you, mm -mm. where even the Christians self-proclaimed have, um, usurious uh, habits. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, we, we, and that's most, tough. I mean, the majority of us do in, in the States and, you know, just like the last practical thing that we'll kind of mention is like move out of DC. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We'll help you find a house here in Stephen. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. Hey, good job. Thanks for listening to us on uh I hope you I hope it was jubilant for you. Yeah. Because I felt like there were some jubilant moments here. I thought so. Yeah. yeah. I'm happier than when we began. Okay, good. That's All good. right. All right. Well, we'll see you next time, guys.